Okay, good morning once again. Uh, time for us to begin our Bible class. Uh, my, my sermon was a little long this morning, I guess, uh, uh, normal, than normal, but that's okay, I guess. Uh, since it's my birthday, hopefully you'll allow it and uh, be okay with it just this one time. But appreciate you being here this morning as we continue to go through the life of Christ. We are in Lesson 111 this morning, 111, or if you just want to follow along in the Bible, uh, we'll be mostly in Matthew 26, starting in verse 36, and we are going to be um, going from one prayer that we uh, looked at last uh, Wednesday evening, uh, the Lord's Prayer, the, the high priestly prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, and we're going to move to these uh, smaller prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so um, before we jump into that text, though, let's just kind of remind us where we are. Again, Jesus has given that final uh, discourse, that final speech to his uh, 11 remaining apostles, John chapter 14, 15, and 16, preparing them for uh, what's about to happen, for him leaving, uh, getting them ready for the, uh, you know, the tough times that are ahead. And uh, again, he prays for them in John chapter 17. Well, not only for them, uh, but the prayer, we sort of, as we walked through that prayer Wednesday evening, we sort of broke it down into three main sections. First, uh, Jesus was praying about himself. You know, he was asking God to glorify him and uh, through what was about to happen and that God would be glorified through that. And then in the middle of that prayer, he begins to pray for his, again, his 11 apostles. You know, pray to protect them, uh, pray uh, for them to be encouraged over the next, uh, as Jesus is about to go to the cross. But really, the, the main emphasis we kind of sp- spent our time on was verses 20 through 26, where Jesus is praying for his future disciples. And so that's, you know, you and I. And it's just a very special um, prayer that Jesus makes uh, for those who, he says, those who also will believe in me through their word, you know, through the apostles' teaching, those who are going to believe in me. He was praying, again, for us 2,000 years later. And that was, you know, it's kind of one of those things that gives you goosebumps. We kind of mentioned that as well, that he was praying for us. He was praying that for all his disciples, his followers, to be united now, of course, we talked a bit about how, you know, the religious world in general is not heeding, you know, the prayer that Jesus made. Um, we talked about, is unity possible? Well, if Jesus prayed for it, it should be, shouldn't it? Uh, but, and we also talked about the, that, that comparison between Matthew, one of Jesus' 12 apostles, Matthew and Simon the Zealot, two guys on the opposite end of the political spectrum, but yet un, under Jesus, you know, uh, following Jesus, they were able to get along uh, during uh, the, those three and a half years. And so um, unity must be possible if Jesus prayed for it. Uh, but we also know the Bible tells us that it's something that we need to work at. Right? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 tells us that we need to diligently work uh, at unity. And, and what's that unity based on? Well, Jesus in that prayer mentions it over and over again. Uh, his truth. Thank, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. You know, Jesus' word is the truth, and the truth is what we must be unified based on. So that was his prayer for, again, uh, his, his disciples at this time, and then also his future disciples. So uh, after that prayer, uh, we continue on here in the life of Christ. Um, this next section, uh, we can find it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and just a little bit in John here and there. Uh, but we'll just, again, we'll focus on Matthew's uh, account here, Matthew 26, starting in verse 36. Uh, but before we begin, let me ask this question. 
Uh, have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt alone? Now, I'm not talking necessarily about, you know, a couple of years ago when we had to go through quarantining, you know, and, and uh, we had to be alone for a little while. But uh, has there ever been an extreme where you felt alone? L- let me give you an example. Um, let's say uh, you and some friends are going to a gathering. And so you, uh, you drive to the gathering and you don't know anybody who's at this gathering, uh, this a party, if you will, if you will uh, this gathering. And um, your friends abandon you kind of at the door, and they go and they talk to other people. Again, nobody knows who you are, so nobody's coming up to you and talking to you. Um, think about this as well. The next day, you know, you're going to have some major surgery done. Uh, you know, doctors give you a, uh, not a great shot, you know, maybe a 50-50 chance at the surgery. So your friends are ignoring you. The people at this party is ignoring you. Uh, you've got on your mind this big surgery that you're going through. And uh, to top all that off, at the end of the gathering, uh, they forget about you. They drive off and leave. How are you feeling at that point? Down? Yeah. Are you thinking, do I really have friends? Do I have anybody? Or am I alone? Does anyone care? Where did my friends go? That's exactly how uh, Jesus is going to feel here in a moment, isn't he? As we get to uh, this, this lesson. Uh, this is considered to be one of his greatest battles that uh, he had to contend with. Now, we can think at the beginning of his ministry. Uh, do you remember he uh, spends... Um, those 40 days in in the wilderness, and then what happens directly after that? Who does he take on? He does. He takes on Satan, right? Satan uh, comes to tempt Jesus at, you know, at one of the physically weakest times in Jesus' life. He's been fasting for 40 days out in the wilderness, and he battles with the devil. Well, now he's in the garden, and he's going to be not battling necessarily against the devil, but he's going to be battling with himself. Again, another great battle that's going to take place here. Uh, we're actually told, um, and we'll mention this here in a bit, in Luke's account, Luke uh, says that an angel actually comes and ministers to Jesus uh, during this time in the garden. Well, who, wh- when else did angels minister to Jesus previously? It was right after that battle with Satan uh, in the wilderness. Remember, and so uh, I think there's a connection there of just you know of how grueling uh, these these two events were for angels to come and have to minister to Jesus, and so this is going to be another one of these episodes, and so we're going to see a side of Jesus that isn't often portrayed portrayed in the scriptures, and uh, it's his it's the human side of him, right? The, the, his human qualities. Uh, he's going to say, as we read here, uh, he's going to tell the apostles, you know, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, um, you know, maybe he could apply that uh, to himself at that moment as well, right? Because, you know, the book of Hebrews tells us that, you know, he went through all things. Uh, he was tempted in all things just like us, yet he did not sin, right? So he, he's taken on those battles that uh, we have as well. He knows the things that we've gone through. And... Uh, you know, there's, again, there's a lot of other examples in Scripture that we could look at of individuals who uh, have been, 
who have thought that they're alone, uh, who have been battling. You know, we could think of Elijah back in 1 Kings uh, 19, who, after he, you know, defeats those, um, those priests, the priests of Baal, I remember on Mount Carmel, and then he goes and he goes uh, basically uh, by his own lonesome himself, and, you know, he asked God to, to take his life, basically, because he was just uh, so depressed. Or you think of Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, you know, who asked Jesus over and over again, uh, about his thorn in the flesh, right? Prayed to God to take that thorn in the flesh away, uh, but God uh, wouldn't do that, right? And so uh, there are other examples we can look at, but here uh, Jesus is that ultimate example. And so here we are in the Garden of Gethsemane. Again, we've left that upper room. Uh, we, uh, Matthew 26, verse 30 tells us that they, they sang a song and then they went out to the Mount of Olives and from the Mount of Olives, they go uh, into the Garden of Gethsemane. And really, um, from this point forward, we're going to transition away from you know, a lot of uh, the teaching that Jesus does to more of the historical aspects of, of these accounts. Right? Uh, we're not going to get these big, long chapters anymore of Jesus um, you know, speaking, uh, teaching uh, his apostles. But we're going to get more of the historical aspect of what's about to happen, about what's being recorded. So... Uh, let's just let's jump into the text. Let's just read it all. Verse uh, 36 through 46 of Matthew 26. And uh, then we'll discuss the events. And then we'll also uh, make some application in our lives as well. Uh, so Matthew 26, starting in verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. Okay, Uh, let's just briefly talk about this garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, Tradition says that it's... uh, just east of the temple. So again, we're, we're not talking anywhere far. They would have been able to get there. Um, obviously, it's near the Mount of Olives. So uh, what, what's in the vicinity there? Yeah, uh, olive trees, right? There's going to be a lot of olive trees. Actually, that's what Gethsemane means. Gethsemane means uh, oil press. And so uh, there was a, supposedly an oil press right there in the garden uh, where they would have harvested the olive trees uh, to make the olive oil. And, you know, obviously that's what gave it its name uh, it was uh, all, all the olive trees there. And so, you know, basically that's, 
that's the extent of the location that really we need to focus on is uh, this is, again, this is the area where they're at. But this area, this garden that they're in, uh, let's first talk about this. It's an arena of conflict. It's an arena of conflict. It was a place of distress for Christ, wasn't it? Uh, verse 37, uh, he began to be grieved and distressed. Right? This is Jesus, the Son of God. He is grieving. He's distressed. Verse 38 says that his soul was deeply grieved to the point of death. Uh, it's interesting that we also have an aspect to what's going on here uh, in the book of Hebrews. Uh, the Hebrews writer, uh, whoever uh, he may be, uh, mentions in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, uh, speaking about Jesus, says, In the days of his flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his piety. Uh, and so uh, the Hebrews writer here is giving us an insight into these prayers as well. Um, Loud crying and tears as he's making this, these prayers, uh, offering up these prayers. I want to look at Luke 22 for a moment. This is Luke's account. Luke 22, uh, verse 44, gives us a little bit of, of some uh, additional detail. But uh, he says, well, the passage before that talks about how an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. But then verse 44 says... And being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. Sweat becoming like drops of blood. Does anyone want to uh, go out on a limb and let us know, is that speaking figuratively or is that speaking literal? I don't know if we could be wrong uh, going either way, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of commentators believe that this, this sweat, like blood, was a literal thing that happened to Jesus. There's actually a medical term. Does anyone know what that medical term is? You're going to make me say it. It's a hematrodosis. Does that sound familiar? Where your body is so stressed it's, there's so much anxiety that actually uh, blood will seep through the pores uh, of your skin. So a lot of people believe that this is actually what's happening, that Jesus is so stressed, uh, he has so much anxiety on him at this time, that literally blood is seeping uh, through uh, him like, like drops of blood. Now, of course, there's the others who take this to mean more figuratively, right? Um, Maybe the emphasis, let's look at that verse again. And being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood. So some people might say, well, the emphasis right there is on the word like. So it's like drops of blood. Uh, he's just sweating profusely. Um, this is, the, the Passover just occurred. So, you know, what, what, what month are we typically in right around? We're, we're in the springtime, right? We're, we're what we would uh, refer to as, you know, Easter time. And so um, is, is it going to be uh, cooler at night or is it going to be super hot at night? Yeah, it's a little bit cooler, right? And so um, this, this sweat that Jesus is producing is, is uh, 
It's not something because of you know, the warm temperatures that are going on. Right? This, is, this is an internal thing, uh, not an external thing. And so uh, whatever it is, whether you know, he's just so stressed, uh, so uh, worried, so in agony right at this time that you know, literal blood is seeping through his pores and he's uh, sweating drops of blood. Or again, maybe it's speaking figuratively and it's just saying uh, that he's producing so much sweat that it's like drops of blood. Um, either way, you know, we understand what he's going through. Right, the difficulty that he's going through, uh, the distress that he's going through. Uh, Jesus prays that the cup would pass from him. Uh, what's this cup that he, he talks about in these prayers? Yeah, it's, it's just another, it's another, it's an, there's no literal cup that he's talking about. It's, again, it's a figurative language that he's using, right? Uh, that this cup may pass. Um, he prays... Um, well, he, pray, he makes these three prayers because um, he's going to do a lot of suffering, is he not? Uh, there's obviously the physical suffering. That's probably the first thing we think about, the, the crucifixion that he knows at age 33 uh, that, that's going to take place on the, on the cross. There's a lot of emotional uh, stress that he's going to have, isn't there? Uh, the insults that he's going to get. The... Uh, Uh, we can't fully understand what kind of stress he was going through. Yeah, it's, it's something, isn't it? It's very deep. It is. He's, he's going to endure the insults of the people on the cross. He's going to endure the desertion of his, uh, supposedly, who would be his best friends. Right? He's going to be placed upon a cross. It, it, this instrument, the cross, I don't know if we often talk about this, but, I mean, what did that represent in that day? If you were hung on a cross, what did that mean? Criminal, worst criminals. Uh, this is a shameful thing, right? Uh, that's why they put you on the cross, to show others. That if you go and do something similar, that's where you're going to end up. You're going to be nailed to a cross, and you might be up there for a couple of days before they go ahead and decide to break your legs and to uh, speed up the process. But it was meant... And before they put you on the cross, you know, what did they typically do to you? Yeah, they scourge you, beat you, and uh, flog you, and all those types of things. And so this was just a very agonizing, very shameful uh, way to die. I don't know if uh, anyone has been watching uh, in the news lately of um, the... Oh, I'll probably get his name wrong, but the, the Mardaw, the Alex Mardaw murders uh, about this you know, high-profile attorney in South Carolina, I believe, that was accused of killing his, his wife and, and children, or his child. And um, one of the things that kind of struck me when they were explaining you know, why he went through it or why he potentially did I guess they found him guilty, but why uh, he did that was because you know, he was doing a lot of um, illegal things with people's money, right? And, uh, and plus, he had a family line, uh, a father, a grandfather, who was sort of in the same uh, industry, and so there was a family legacy here. And it was all about to go downhill, wasn't it? And uh, so in order to uh, maybe stop some of that bleeding, to maybe gain some sympathy, you know, he concocted this idea of, of having, you know, his family... Uh, murdered, right, and um, to uh, 
to hopefully soften you know, the blow that was going to come upon his family's name. Right? Because he knew that there was going to be shame and guilt and all of these things associated with it. That's what the cross was to someone in the first century. Uh, and so Jesus, again, he's going through all this emotional um, suffering, the physical suffering, he knows, and the spiritual sufferings. I mean, whose sins did he put on his back on the cross? All of them, right? All the sins of the past, all the sins that will happen, uh, past, present, future, all sins that he took upon the cross. And so he's, again, as, Dan, as Danny mentioned, there's just, we just can't imagine the suffering that he's going through at this time. Um, some, some have said, according to the curriculum, that, uh, that Jesus, or some people might say that Jesus is lacking courage at this time uh, because of, this, uh, or because of you know, these prayers that he keeps making to God, asking, uh, again, if, if he'll pass this cup away from him, uh, basically meaning, don't let me go through. Uh, this is that what Jesus is doing? Is he um, is he lacking courage at this point? No, it it takes true courage to go through with um, something like this, doesn't it? Who would have courage in a moment like that? Uh, not many of us, would we? But yeah, there, there's so much on his, uh, on his back. It's overwhelming. Um, so this, this, uh, this garden for Jesus, it was a place of distress. It's also a place of disappointment. Again, uh, he, takes, he takes his apostles into this garden, but then he takes Peter, James, and John, you know, his inner circle, uh, with him a little bit further into the garden, and he asks them to keep watch for him. And do they do that? No, they don't do they? They, they. they keep falling asleep. They couldn't even stay awake for an hour, Jesus says. Uh, now, to be fair, they're probably exhausted, aren't they? Uh, they probably haven't had much sleep since uh, the prior uh, a day with all the preparations of, of the Passover and, and the teachings and all that. Um, they're probably exhausted. And we might get... Yeah, and so we might jump on them a little bit, wouldn't we? And say, man, they, they shouldn't have fallen asleep. Uh, how could they, you know? And we might get on them a little bit, but then, you know, we think of our own lives, right? Uh, are, are we, if, uh, you know, someone was able to come up and say, for the next hour, I'm going to offer a prayer, are we going to be able to sit through that? You know, Jesus... Yeah, I mean, Jesus couldn't even get through uh, his prayers, right, without uh, his apostles falling asleep on him. So, um, again, there's a lot of disappointment here. Uh, uh, his distress that he's going through, the disappointment that he's going through, and then also the, desert, the desertion that he's going through. Because uh, when we jump to verse uh, 56, uh, which we'll cover at another time, it says, uh, but all of this takes, has taken place to fulfill the scriptures of the prophets. Then all the disciples left him and fled. All right, so he's going to, um, they're going to be, or his disciples are going to flee him. He's going to be deserted. Actually, 
wanted to look this up. I totally forgot about this. But there was a hymn that I wanted to look up. I don't know if it's in our songbooks or not called uh, In Gethsemane Alone. Okay, so it is. 310. I just wanted to read a lyric in here. I don't know if I've ever sang this song. Um, but the second, the second line in this song goes, Terry here, he told the three, Terry here and watch for me. But they heard no bitter moan, for the three disciples slept while my loving Savior wept in Gethsemane alone. It's a pretty powerful line, isn't it? Pretty powerful song. Um, again, that they, they deserted Jesus. And so, you know, so on one hand, we can look at the garden as sort of a bleak time, sort of a, a, a again, a, a, lon- a lonely time for Jesus, a distressful time for Jesus. But let's, let's notice some of the, the positives of the garden uh, because it's also an, an arena of conquest. Um, it's not just about negative, negativity in the, in the garden. Uh, it's a place of supplication. Again, what was the reason why Jesus came to the garden? To pray, right? Uh, he, he's coming to pray. And um, we're not given as much insight as to what he prayed for like we looked at in John 17, right? We had a we, we got to read a whole prayer that Jesus offered here, uh, not so much. But uh, let's turn to Mark real quick. Mark chapter 14. Uh, Mark's account uh, is unique here in verse 36. Um, Mark chapter 14, verse 36. And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus refers to God as Abba, Father. Now, uh, that word Abba is uh, an Aramaic term. It just simply means uh, Father. But um, it's not simply just calling someone your father. It's more of a... uh, Oh, a um, close, a confident, a connection type of word. It's like, uh, you know, what, what, what are kids usually their first words when it comes to their parents? Mom. Well, I was going to say not mama, but dada, something like that. Dada, dada, um, papa, something, something to that effect. Well, that's what that word Abba means. In Aramaic, it's a, it means father, but it means uh, dada or dada, you know? It's sort of, it's what a child would say to their father. It's very close. It's, uh, it's it, it, you know, it's a precious, precious word. It, it implies all of that. You know, that's how Jesus is here in, in Mark's account. He's letting us know that when he goes, when he's going to God in prayer, he's not just saying, you know, you and I would say, uh, you know, Father, we come to you now in, in prayer. But he's saying, Dada, you know, D- Daddy, I'm coming to you in prayer. Right? Again, uh, that, that close, familial um, message that he has for him. So Jesus came to the garden to pray. He's praying to his father. But again, uh, his Dada, his Abba Father. And, uh, you know, that, that begs the question for us this morning is, um, Jesus was, calling, Jesus was calling home, right? Uh, when's the last time that we've called home? 
If you were to uh, take out your cell phone and you looked in your recent call history, you know, how how many times would it say in there that you called home, meaning uh, that you've prayed to the Father? Is it going to be full of those things? Is it going to, you know, is it be one after another? Or is his name not going to be listed? Uh, The importance of prayer. Uh, Jesus, Jesus even encourages his apostles. Uh, again, if we were looking to the Luke's account, Luke 22, verse 40 says, When he arrived at the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. So not only was Jesus praying, but he was encouraging uh, the apostles to pray as well. Again, so, uh, uh, again, so this is... Do you think at this point in time, the apostles really realized what he was actually going to go Yes and no. You know, uh, I mean, Jesus has told him, uh, told them up front uh, a couple of lessons ago. I think it was at the end of chapter 16 where he said, in John 16, where he said that, you know, he wasn't going to speak to them in figurative language anymore. Uh, And it said that they understood. But there was still, still after Jesus died and rose and was resurrected, in Acts chapter 1, the, the, the apostles still think Jesus is going to, you know, command some sort of a physical kingdom. And uh, so there's still that aspect to it that, you know, they, they still don't understand as well. But yeah, that, um, that's a good question. Um, the apostles um, have, uh, or excuse me, the, the Garden of Gethsemane. It's a place of supplication. Um, we could notice that it's a place of uh, submission. Uh, when you read all of those prayers that Jesus makes, uh, you can kind of tell that by every prayer uh, from the first one to the next one that his confidence is growing a little bit. Uh, verse 39, he says, you know, if it is possible, you know, let this cup pass. And then in verse 42, he says, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, and so, again, he kind of gets a little bit more confident as he continues in his prayers. Um, the third prayer in Matthew, it just simply says, he says the same thing. But in John, chapter 18, verse 11, he says to his apostles, the cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? Basically, you know, implying that, hey, I'm going to drink this cup, right? And so by the time after he offers the, the, the three prayers, you know, he's strengthened. Uh, he's Decided, he's decisive in what he's going to do. I like this question that the, that it asks in the in the curriculum. It says, "When Jesus is arrested, was it the ropes that kept him from escaping?" No, it's because he's going to go through with this, right? He he knows that this has to take place, and so again, there there there's another positive aspect of the garden, and then finally, uh, the last one. Is, is, it was a place of strengthening. Again, did God remove the cup that Jesus prayed for him to remove? He didn't, did he? Does God remove the cup from us when we uh, sometimes ask him to remove the cup? Not always, does he? And so, uh, that's, again, that's a reminder for us that, um, that he's going to provide the strength for us to endure it. Right? Um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us that, you know, he'll always give us a way of escape for any temptation. 
Um, we don't have to go through the cup. Uh, we don't have to go through that. Uh, but he will give us the strength to uh, endure it uh, if, if something were to happen, if we were to go through a distressful situation. And so uh, this also in the garden was a time of strengthening. Uh, he's taking the cup. Right? He, said, he said in our verse that we read, verse 45 and 46, Behold, the hour is at hand. Again, he is solidifying that uh, he's going to go through with this. So, you know, we, we all have our Garden of Gethsemane moments. Uh, we all are going to face those. Uh, are we going to, um, you know, follow the example of Jesus? And are we going to pray and submit and gain strength through his word? Or, uh, or are we going to let those moments get to us? Appreciate uh, everyone's... Um, uh, mentions here this morning. I know that was a, a shorter lesson, but I think it was still a powerful one. And we will continue on in Matthew 26, Wednesday evening, uh, verses 47 through 56. And we'll focus in on uh, Jesus' betrayal and his arrest. And so, again, uh, looking forward to studying that with you on Wednesday evening. And then uh, appreciate, again, you being here this morning. And Brother Jason's got our closing prayer for us.